African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning. Thank you for joining us for another installment of African Dialogue. You're listening to Channel Africa, The African Perspective. You're with me, Benjamin Mushatama. I'll be with you until midday, as usual. You should know this by now, and we're on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa and on DSTV on Channel 802. And that's the audio bouquet on DSTV. And you can also listen to us on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today our focus is in Swaziland. According to the Swaziland government officials, changing the name of the country won't happen just overnight. King Swati III announced last week at an Independence Day celebration that his country would not now be known as the Kingdom of Eswatini. But some critics believe that the king should have undergone a consultation process with the whole country and that his move is indicative of his autocratic style of his ruling. Remember, we want to hear from you, we want to get your thoughts, we want to suss your perspective on this particular topic. So do get in touch with us on our various platforms and our Twitter handle at Channel Africa 1, that's the numeric 1 at the end, the number 1 at the end, at Channel Africa 1, where we're asking, is it necessary for Swaziland to have a name change you can uh, tweet us on that particular handle or you can whatsapp us on plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven we also asking the same question on our channel africa facebook page simply titled channel africa we asking the question is it necessary for Swaziland to have a name change well let's get into the discussion with our guests on the line we've got Beggy Makubu who is the editor of the nation magazine joining us from Swaziland itself and also we've got Diwa Mavinga who is joining us from Human Rights Watch he is the director of the Southern Africa uh, division and uh, also we have a citizen uh, from Swaziland and that's Mtuduzi Lamin who's now based in South Africa just to get various views uh, from our different panelists on what they think think about this particular subject. I want to come to you Beggy in terms of of what this name change actually means. Is it something significant, especially the fact that it's actually looking at uh, celebrating uh, the country's independence from Britain? Peggy, are you there with me? think Peggy is struggling with that line there. And uh, let me try and see if we can get him to do this. I mean, hear from the Swatis themselves what they have to say about this particular decision. Mtuduzi, as someone residing out outside of uh, your own country, what were your th- first thoughts when you heard about this particular name change? Hello? 
well i think we're struggling with that line as well and uh, let me take a quick break see if we can sort out those particular uh, lines there but give me your thoughts is it necessary for swaziland to have a name change remember our uh, twitter handle is at channel africa one or you can give us your thoughts on our whatsapp number as well on plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven that's plus two seven seven six three zero zero three three two seven and you can go to our channel africa page there and you can give us your thoughts let's take a quick one and we'll continue and see if we can get our guests on the line and start this conversation let us all unite and celebrate together. It is you, the people, who are our true heroes. This is one of the most important moments in the life of our country. I stand before you filled with deep pride and joy, pride in the ordinary, humble people of this country. You have shown such a calm patient determination to reclaim this country as your own from the rooftops free at last. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we look at things from an African perspective, telling our own narratives as Africans themselves. Uh, let's see if we can uh, get our guests there. Let me see. I have Peggy Makubu, editor of The Nation magazine. Peggy, are you there on the line? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you clearly now. And uh, let me check if Diwa Mavinga is there from Human Rights Watch, representing uh, the Southern Africa Division. Diwa, can you hear me clearly there? Yes, I'm here, Benjamin. Fantastic. And then let's see if we've got Nduduzi Lamini, who is a Swati citizen residing in South Africa. Nduduzi, am I clear for you now? Yes, Benjamin. Oh, uh, fan- fantastic. Let me start with Beggy first uh, in terms of this particular decision. What's the feel in Swaziland around this particular decision? And I was asking you before we went on the break, how important is it for the Swatis uh, to be called a Swatin, especially the fact that uh, you have a country that's celebrating 50 years of independence from Britain? Um, well, I, I don't think that... Um there's much significance to it. I think from what I've seen and read and listened here, people say, people are sort of indifferent to the whole thing. Particularly because remember that when we speak in our language, it's a word we use. It's, it's common to Swati language. So sure. say, I'm from Eswati, maybe Swati. So there's nothing uh, new about it. In fact, what, what is interesting, I think, for you know, is is is, a, is an interesting debate that started among us. You know, whether whether the prefix e, for instance, in Eswatini, how does it apply? So, there's, suddenly there's an intellectual discussion 
on the use of language um, and and how it works, mm. which which wasn't there before. Suddenly, a lot of people who think they know mm. are starting. To, you know, there's a debate mm. going mm. about it. Tell us a little bit about that new one. So I don't know who we've lost there on the line. I think it's Peggy. I don't know who we've lost. I think I'm to doozy. But let me stay with you then, Peggy, in terms of what are the nuances there of people when they're referring to the languages? What is the that debate? I'm very interested around that point that you're making there. Well, you see, for instance, Swati, the word Swati, you mm. know, is what we are. So sure. I would say... Nibiswati, which may be being the prefix here, mm. and you would then say Eswati is the E being. So the question is, how does it apply? What it means, the prefixes, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole lot of discussion about it. Um, one person said, you know, there's a question of, because of Eswati, and now being called Eswati, do you cut the E and lower the S? Uh. You know, uh, there's a whole lot of talk about that and there are people but I was you know because of the way Swaziland is structured so you know there are certain uh, uh, things that are very disappointing for instance one newspaper interviewed an expert on the language somebody who's academically knowledgeable of Swati and she refused to give an opinion on what how to spell the word Swati because she said it's not her place to do that now the reason being that she was uh, you know, going to contradict, maybe she's, she's afraid she's going to contradict somebody in authority who might say, you know, why are you second-guessing me? I said <laughs> the S should be lower. Sure, sure. So you've got that that mm. that is coming out of the whole thing. Wow, that's I, interesting. I thought she should just tell us what she knows mm, because mm. she's trained in this thing and we'll listen to her and we're not interested in what somebody who's a politician is going to tell us it, it, it's a... But you've got those debates now sure. going on. Well, let me bring it... But in terms sure. of the... No, go ahead, Biggie. In, sure. in terms of the sentiment, whether we should call ourselves Swaziland or something, I, I, it's, it's, it's not an issue, really. Okay, because, we, like I say, we'll come back to so we'll come back to that, Peggy, because there are a lot of questions around the fact that it's not just a name change that is going to become institutional at some stage where you actually change uh, signs, where you change um, IDs, uh, what's written on them, banknotes. So it's it's more complex than it seems to be. But let me move to Mdudozi. I think we have him back on the line, who is a Swazi, a citizen residing in South Africa. Duduzi, were you surprised by this name change? And what did it mean to you as someone who's no longer in Swaziland, who's based in South Africa now? Uh, did it actually strike you or were you as indifferent like Becky was saying, well, it's just a name change. We call ourselves that anyway. Yes. Well, thanks for that, uh, uh, Benjamin. So it, it did come as a surprise. Um, and, and I think it sparked a lot of debate, particularly on social media and, and so forth. Uh, maybe a disclaimer on my part is to say that I'm no historian or anything, and I can't so, really uh, speak with authority on. So you speaking as a citizen, as I'm, an I'm thinking, I'm thinking so, as a citizen, but so. maybe um, some some of the key points that I want to maybe throw out there that we could probably expand on in 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 the discussion that have some have been controversial, some uh, have been positive. Is with regards to the consultation process, I've seen. Um, you know, a lot of uh, discussion that, you know, the consultation wasn't done, 
It was a unilateral decision made by the king. Uh, we have to ask questions around uh, national pride. If you think of some of the the biggest nations, you know, um, you know, across the globe, like the Americans, for example, um, you could pick in Africa, Nigerians, and and and, and so forth. Uh, you know, is this about national pride? Are we patriotic? Uh, we are also a former British protectorate, um, sure. which is where probably Swazi land, land belonging to the Swazis, derives from. Mm. But, but I think historically we've always said. Uh, you know, so I think it does resonate. The name does resonate with how we relate to ourselves. Um, I've had personally um, living in South Africa and and traveling and and working across the globe, uh, 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 certain instances of mistaken identity. I've actually been mm. thought of to come from Switzerland, <laughs> uh, and and whenever I, I fly back to South Africa, I'm all, I'm often asked. What's your final destination? And I'd say, well, I'm going back to South Africa. And they say, well, but you've got a Swiss passport. Um, and in fact, when <laughs> I was in varsity, due to mistaken identity, again, I was almost offered a, a scholarship wow. uh, for my engineering, um, you know, undergraduate degree. Uh, and when they discovered, when I put down my actual physical address in Swaziland, you know, the, the scholarship was revoked. Um, this is also going to come at a cost to the country. So. I suppose as we expand on the debate, that those are some of the things that we we'll want to discuss. It came as a surprise to me, as a shock. It sparked a lot of debates, but I'm actually quite excited about it um, because I think I can relate to it. Um, I mean, if we bring, say, a big country like South Africa um, into it, you know, one can argue that South Africa, you know, is, is basically is referred to by by its geographic location. Mm-hmm. Is that a good name to have? Can we not? Can they not um, uh, change it to Africa Borwa or, mm, or, or mm, something mm. that we can relate to? Given that it's got eleven official languages and, and a whole lot more, and uh, non-official, you know. So I think this is a this is a good debate to have. But, but personally, I think I'm I'm proud, and you know, I think there's going to be a lot of debate and a lot of consultation, and let's see where we end up. Uh, but I think all views uh, should be taken you know, particularly from the Swazi nation. Mm. Diwa, let me bring it to you from your perspective. I know that we the, the conversation is nuanced between uh, Becky's view on uh, the idea of uh, the debates that are coming out when it comes to language, but also when you saw people speaking about this, another nuance that was brought in was the fact that uh, should the resources of Swaziland go to these name changes? And uh, we know that uh, there's a huge, huge issue of uh, unemployment in uh, Swaziland. We know that uh, people have been questioning the electoral reforms in in Swaziland themselves, the fact that um, the uh, king has such uh, an authority on how how uh, elections are else also held and who gets to participate in elections. So this has also uh, opened up that space, the authority of the king himself. Yes. Well, I think... Well, um, I'm coming to you, Mtutuzi. Let me bring that to Diwa. I'll come back to your aspects. Diwa, go ahead. Yes, I, I think the key uh, issue really is that when you talk of issues like uh, name change or... Uh, language considerations, yes, that, that is really up to uh, the people and the nation to decide in terms of their own consultations. But I think the key point is to look at uh, priorities for the nation. Uh, you will be aware that uh, uh, Swaziland has faced major challenges in terms of uh, health delivery services in recent years, uh, acute shortages in, in antiretroviral drugs, 
Yeah. Uh, it has uh, serious challenges in terms of unemployment. So when you look at priorities and where or how best to deploy these national resources, then you come up with serious questions about, you know, the, the, the timing and the choice of focusing on uh, a pretty much expensive um, exercise at the moment uh, when there are all these other pressing challenges and needs to uplift the people uh, from poverty. Well, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, remember, we want to hear your thoughts as well. I've got a great panel there here uh, looking at, is it necessary for Swaziland to have a name change? Remember, you can give us your thoughts at Channel Africa 1. Uh, that's our Twitter handle. Or go to our Facebook page, simply titled Channel Africa, where you're asking this question, is it necessary for Swaziland to have a name change? And uh, we've got Chilele Elisias Bindama, who's saying yes to your question. If you've got a problem, uh, deal with it. Uh, I wonder what Chilele means by that uh, in terms of elaborating on what he thinks the impact on Swaziland will be. So keep that interaction happening there on our Twitter handle at uh, Channel Africa One and our Facebook page. We want to hear from you. We'll continue this discussion and elaborate on some of the aspects as we've introduced the subject matter. Let's take a quick one. We'll be back after this. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Chandalunyan Zovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we give you things on an African perspective, giving you the views of Africans themselves about their own narrative. Joining us, we've got Begi Makubu, editor of The Nation magazine. Dewa Mavinga joins us on the line, who is Human Rights Watcher, Southern Africa director. We also have Mduduzi Lamini, who is a Swazi citizen residing in South Africa. And already we've opened the can of worms in this discussion in terms of the fact that it is is a double-edged sword in terms of the result of this name change. One dynamic is what has been highlighted by Mtuduzi speaking about issues of nationalism and how important it is to define oneself in that regard. But he's also highlighted the issue of uh, uh, the autonomy of the, the king in this regard and the fact that it's going to take long processes. Diwa Mavinga highlighting the fact that there are still governance issues that have to be dealt with and maybe that's where money should be be channeled to and uh, Begi Makubu highlighting something very interesting when we started the conversation that there is a conversation now taking place around pronunciation of uh, the phrase Eswatini and uh, also what that actually means for the country. Begi, what are your thoughts around the, the, the nuances that we're talking about, the fact that now people are saying that, uh, hey, look, um, the name change is going to have some form of uh, uh, implication when it comes to where the money of the land is going. We know that uh, uh, the name change could be expensive for Swaziland in a space where uh, 63% of the 1.3 million population live below the national poverty line. Well, <clears throat> There's no, uh, look, I'm not going to 
be here and say, you know, it's a non-issue. Southern, I can tell you now, Southern is thoroughly broke, okay? Uh, we're on our knees. But when you listen to those who have an insight into what is going on financially, it, it turns out that actually Southland, it's government that is broke um, to the extent that the private sector business, you know, people are not that broke. And what is government doing? Government in, in the last year or so has come up with a system where they're trying to get money out of people as much as they can. So they're coming up with a new, for instance, this year, uh, the Minister of Finance came up with some new charges for new things, and everybody knows that it's, 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 a, it's a government revenue generation system, generating system. Mm. Uh, we're having a big debate about whether uh, the electricity provider should pay, should charge consumers VAT. Um, we actually published in our magazine an article recently from an economist who said it would be a disaster. The, the electricity provider is saying they, they pay VAT to ESCOM and they import from South Africa. Uh, government needs the money from the revenue authority in Swaziland. But what has happened there is because of these pressures that are mounting, actually for the first time, and I've been a journalist for a long time, mm. I'm starting to hear people asking a question that never asked. Where is this money going that is paid to government, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and right now, as we speak, Timuswak is in Angola mm. on a brand new plane, mm. state of the art, okay? No one is asking why we bought that plane. Sure. That, that to me, that's the question. Do we need, does he need a plane so expensive? They're telling us it's worth 200 million, um, and my is program. Um, I think it's more. So when it comes to our name, I mean, our identity, I think that's a, that's, that's a minor issue compared mm-hmm. to the real question being, we are paying taxes, we are being charged for just about a whole lot of things. Let me tell you an interesting charge that has suddenly come up in Solvent, sure. which we are not even talking about. If a Swazi gets a... Uh, 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 falls in love with a foreign girlfriend, and this is like Swaziland. For him to get that foreign girlfriend, when he married her, to become a Swazi citizen, there's going to be a charge for that. I'm saying, wow. you know, this wow. is ridiculous, you know. I mean, if I have to pay a lobola to a Zulu girl, I must also pay government to <laughs> lobola again, wow. you know. But that's their way. So when we start talking about the cost implications of me um, getting an identity for my nationality. Mm. You know, I'm saying that's not an issue. Let's talk about why we bought a plane, sure. why I should pay you for being falling in love with a foreign woman. Those are the issues for me. And the, and the most important question, why, what exactly are you doing with the money that you're always broke mm. as a government, as sure. a state? Mm. So for me, um, those are the... We're not, talking about those things. Okay. So to me, to say we should make a meal about uh, our identity and the cost implications is nothing compared to asking about the other things that are happening, mm-hmm. like who, who's spending money on what and why. 
All right. Well, let, let, let me look at my Facebook page here. And I've got Matume Mukwena who says the name change will have a financial implication. There's nothing wrong specifically with the name change. Uh, resounding what Begi Makubu is highlighting. Is it not that... Uh, simplistic to do it to say well let's not look at this micro cost let's rather look at the macro costs that uh, have the economy bending on its knees as is highlighted there by mr makubu um so i think firstly i mean everyone is right that um there there, there are other issues that are bigger than just renaming of of, of the nation but but I'd, I'd say that from a patriotic point of view and from being uh, proud and marking the significance of the 50-50 celebrations, um, it's, it's, it's not such a big issue. Um, perhaps one can look at the implementation of, uh, you know, things that will be attributed to the name change over, over a long period. So amortize it. Uh, I take the discussion by the previous speaker that, um, you know, there's poverty, there's unemployment, um, government is trying to... Uh, increase its sources of revenue, uh, and, and, and some of them are perhaps exaggerated and, and should not really be implemented, and, and the state is broke, uh, and perhaps the king should not have bought, um, you know, the private jet that, um, th- that is there. But I think uh, Swaziland fundamentally, perhaps if we analyze it economically, is, is an agricultural and, and manufacturing-based economy. And I think the fundamentals are still there uh, to be able to uh, one, attract investment into the country in terms of manufacturing, um, and then in terms of our climate, uh, rain and soil conditions and, and, and so forth, we're able to, to continue to do, uh, to practice agriculture and, and, and self-sustain um, on, on, on that basis. Um, secondly, I think the, the citizens of Swaziland have access to what we call Swaziland national land. Um, you know, so, so there isn't a, a, an issue on, on, on the survival of the people, in, in, in particular uh, for in, in terms of subsistence farming. So you have access to land. Now, from an investment point of view, whilst, whilst they, there's an assertion that government may be broke, I think there are several projects that are under development um, in Swaziland. I can mention a few, uh, so, being the Swazi Rail Link, okay. uh, the inland port in, in the Lubombo region, there's a huge roads program um, that's that's ongoing. They are building the convention center. There's a fuel storage that's targeted for construction at Puzumoya. Uh, and, and most recently, we, we constructed the Sukupa Airport, which is meant to be a, a logistics hub, uh, call it for this part of, 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 of Africa and, and, and so forth, diverting traffic from Mozambique in Matola, Maputo, and, and possibly uh, Oar Tambo. So, so, and I think if, if these, these projects are structured uh, properly, um, and and they, they, they show significant um, revenues or income streams, they can actually self-repay them. So the government can structure, for example, um, these projects in a PPP format, public-private uh, 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 partnerships, so that you know uh, we get private developers that actually fund these projects and they're granted concessions over long periods, um, 20, 30, maybe 40, or even 50 years, and, and at the end of it, uh, they are able to then hand back these uh, projects for ownership by the state. Um, so, so government need not necessarily incur, um, you know, any 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 expenses in developing these projects. Now, these projects, for example, would bring 
um, you know, would improve the economy of Swaziland mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they would create jobs um, in, during construction and in the long term in terms of the operation mm-hmm. and maintenance thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's a question of just, you know, packaging Swaziland as a country and, okay. and selling it as a destination. Tourism is booming as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are certainly ways that, um, you know, one can, can keep, uh, you know, flying their flag high and, sure. and, and, and setting Swaziland as a, as a destination for investment. And, do you your thoughts where we are with this conversation comparing the micro to the macro costs? Yes, yes. Let me bring that to uh, Dewa. What are your thoughts on that? Well, for, for, there are connections and um, uh, relations, but well, I think uh, if we look at the, uh, the, the broader picture, uh, Switzerland being one of the last absolute monarchies uh, in the world, it brings along with it challenges. Uh, look, Becky was talking about uh, this having been a unilateral decision, which lacked consultation. Um, this point to you know that uh, lack of space to allow you know uh, the citizenry to have a meaningful input to participate and to make you know this kind of decisions mm-hmm. from an informed position, where they would say yes, these are you know the range of priorities that we have. And this is what we should uh, be prioritizing in terms of, you know, basic uh, services, in terms of livelihoods, in terms of uh, what is most urgent for the people at the moment. But when you do not have, uh, when you have, you know, political opposition, political parties banned, as is the case in Switzerland, and there is constrained, you know, civic space or or trade union movements, and many of um, the activists are out uh, in the diaspora in exile, including in South Africa, then it becomes difficult to you know, have um, this kind of space within the country to articulate and have this kind of debate and discourse. Okay, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to wrap it up, guys, after this quick break. And I want to get your final sentiments on what you think on this particular uh, matter, uh, because I think it is uh, that issue of how are we making sure that uh, uh, the population is central to that particular decision, as alluded to there uh, by Diwa Mavinka. Let's take a quick break. Remember, we still want to hear your views. Channel Africa is our uh, Channel Africa is our uh, Facebook page. Uh, that's where you can give us your thoughts or you can go to our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One. Let's take a quick one and then we'll come back and get our final sentiments from our guests. Good news for our listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, If you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Well, uh, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Moshatama. Remember, we want you to stay engaged with us on our social media. At Channel Africa 1 is our uh, Twitter handle. Or you can go to our Facebook page where we're simply titling it uh, Channel Africa. Uh, The question today we're asking, is this name change necessary uh, for Swaziland? And uh, how will these uh, resources be prioritized in regard of this? 
had this conversation with a few of my friends on my Twitter handle last week and someone says I'm captured because I thought it was a waste of money and uh, they were saying that it's uh, almost like getting a new name when you get married, a name of the family you're entering into as assigning a true belonging and I did not have a reverse for that because it is about... uh, part of it, an issue of nationalism and national identity. But before we went to the break, Diwa Mavinga was highlighting the issue of how people-centric is this particular decision. And maybe we should end it on that note. Your final sentiment, Begi Makubu, in terms of making sure these decisions are people-centric and they're not just generalized on one person's maybe sentiment or private uh, uh, direction of where he wants the country to go, and I'm referring uh, to the king here. Yeah, well, I, I, I really like the way Mtutuze uh, is, is, is pointing out a few obvious things sure. about what's good about Swazman. What he, what he doesn't know, perhaps, or doesn't appreciate, is that the problem with Swazman now is that there's been a, a political... Well, yeah, it's driven by politics. Shut down of the volume. Uh, knowledge, independent knowledge. In other words, I think he said in yeah. Um, for instance, his expertise in engineering, if he was asked for an opinion, would not be based on what is obvious to what he's trained to do, mm-hmm. but rather it would be expected to fit a predetermined result. Okay. So that a lot of what he's talking about is not happening because the thinking does not follow the logic of what normally happens in situations. That's what is frustrating about Zambia. Mm. You know, there's been, I mean, this government that we have has refused. That's why that expert would not give an, op- an independent opinion on the Siswati word, because it's not the right thing to do in the present political climate. That's mm-hmm. why the country is not working properly. And th- that's a fact, that's a truth. Mm. You know, people who know best what they have been trained to do their views are not important. Views of lesser knowledgeable people actually um, count. So that's where the big problem is with Swazis. But, you know, we are Swazis. We, we, can't, we can't deny our identity under that politics. That's why mm. the name change maybe, maybe might look different to us because we are sort of desperate to find something that gives mm. us meaning in life. Mm. Mm. You know? sure. we, what we to do is saying is absolutely right. And anybody will tell you that. But the question is, why is it not happening as it should? Why is Coupe not happening? Everybody can tell you that Coupe Airport has got the potential to make hundreds of millions of rands, but it's not. Mm. Well, well, let, let me bring the question back to you, Mdudusi. From where I'm sitting, it's almost like... Uh, there's a conflict almost happening in this dialogue where one person say, well, this name change is so important for our national identity, hence, but we still have these other nuances of problems on the ground that we're still grappling with. And like uh, Beggy was saying, like, you know, it's important for us because we want to latch onto something that uh, redefines us once again. No, certainly I, I'm in agreement with Peggy on, on, on his argument. Um, There's the, the certainly patriotism, national pride, and, and, and the name gives us some identity. It creates pride with the, with the nation. Um, but, but I also agree with Peggy and, and the broader panel discussion that perhaps this is not the biggest problem that we're facing, and it's not really 
a priority if we were to channel our energies and particularly financial resources sure. we should be looking at something else that's going to create jobs that's going to grow the economy that's going to liberate the the, the Swazi nation and maybe just to mm-hmm. uh, because we are closing uh, sure. to make some suggestions I think the government could look at um, you know establishing uh, entrepreneurs uh, training programs towards that because then that will cultivate um, you know um, and, and new industries, you know, across various sectors, which will have the multiplier effect of, of job creation. Uh, in particular, the SMME sector, and you can study various economies, you know, the likes of India, Israel, and, and so forth, uh, which have followed this this model to to improve their economies. Uh, and I think, secondly, the biggest uh, challenge, particularly for uh, entrepreneurs, is always securing capital to start up their businesses in the form of capex, working capital, and so forth. Uh, and, and I think if the government can look at setting up a venture capital fund um, that you know would fund such entrepreneurs, uh, particularly at risk, to to develop uh, their businesses and 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 perhaps also sure. in the infrastructure space, um, you know, then certainly the funding you know people may feel is being prioritised mm-hmm. towards, towards the right things. And I think there's also been mention of the healthcare system uh, not not being in a state sure. where, where it could be. Um, you know, around tuberculosis, around um, HIV, HIV sure. treatment, uh, cancer, and so forth. But I think Swaziland is probably fortunate in the regard that it leans on South Africa sure. you know, for, for, for those things. But perhaps some of this could be provided in country and, and so forth. All right, let, let me let Diwa have his final say as well. Uh, let me give you the final statement, Diwa. Uh, your final exit to uh, this conversation? Well, Conversation needs to be broadened to ensure that there is support to the people of Swaziland uh, to move uh, away from uh, an, an absolute monarchy mm. uh, to a more constitutional democracy in terms of participation of the people in important national decisions. And the Southern African Development Community, SADC, which is currently led by South African President Cyril uh, Ramaphosa, um, uh, should be more involved, should put more pressure uh, to ensure that there are these uh, key legal and political reforms in Swaziland uh, towards a more open society. Well, thank you, Diwa, for giving us your time. James, it's been a very interesting conversation. It's very interesting where we started off and where we landed at the end of the conversation. Thanks to Peggy Makubu joining us from Eswatini. Uh, that's where, that's how we're going to call it from now on. He's the editor of The Nation magazine. Uh, thank you to uh, um, Duduzi Lamini, a Swazi citizen uh, who is residing in South Africa. Thank you also for your participation. Diwa, thank you for joining us once again, mate. It's always good having you on our program. That's Diwa Mavinga, who is very much of a regular here on African Dialogue. He's joining us from Human Rights Watch. He is uh, the Southern Africa director and leading that particular division. That's how we wrap it up. Keep the conversation going on our social media. We really love hearing from you. And thank you to those who contributed in this debate on our social media. 